Hallelujah. I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Because from the time of eternity, he looked down throughout the ages and determined that we could become children of God. So you sent Jesus as our Savior so that we might be one with you. So we thank you for that. We thank you for the family of God that's assembled here today to sing your praises and to rejoice in your presence. God, we thank you for the healing that takes place and for every soul that's being delivered, we thank you for it. God, we thank you for the love that we share with one another. And God, most of all, we thank you for the promise that you would come back for us and you never leave us orphans. So God, we thank you for that. Now, God, we ask that your kingdom come in this place as your will is being done in the midst of your people. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm a child of God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Today, we want to continue on this journey. Now, some of you may not recall all of this, so let me just begin with where we've been so far so we can come to where we need to be. We started back in Exodus chapter 17. Some of you may remember that. And there in Exodus, what we had determined is that Moses, uh, as he interceded for God's people, whenever he would lift up his rod, he would have victory, and whenever his arms got tired and came down, then the people were defeated. So we learn that intercession is uh, a product of God. He taught Moses this early on. Then we found out, as we move from uh, the Old Testament to the New Testament, what we found out is that in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit was given to us, and the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, makes intercession for us. It does this with groanings, the Bible says, that we don't understand. So the Bible says that the Holy Spirit then has the ability to communicate directly with God and tell God through Christ what the needs are, and those needs are translated back. So the Bible says that we are constantly being interceded for by the Holy Spirit, and by Christ who is our advocate with the Father. The Bible teaches us then that because of this intercession that takes place, uh, that we now know that everything works together for our good. The Bible says to those who love God. Amen. So. We went from that until where we are today. Now, that was a fast review, but uh, that's been four or five weeks. But today, in verse 29, verse 29, the Bible teaches us something else in the same uh, vein. 
It says that for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn uh, among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Amen? Amen. Uh, uh, we told you last week that that was called the golden chain, but we're going to get into more uh, understanding of that today. So today I want to talk to you on this thought. Now, please write this down and put the commas in the right places. <laughs> God chose us, not what choices we make. That's going to take you a minute. I'll explain it this way. God chose you before the foundation of the world. But he never, ever, ever made you make certain choices. All right? You can be seated. You can be seated. Somebody say, well, what in the world does the title have to do with anything? Well, foreknowledge is, is the key here. Knowing something beforehand. Amen? So the, 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 the understanding we get from this is that God always finishes what he starts. Amen? If you notice the end of verse 30, what did he say? He said, these he also glorified. So if I want to reach glorification, that means that uh, I have to go through all of the stages here. And he says this begins with foreknowledge. Foreknowledge being not what I know, but what God knows about me. Amen. Amen. So the Bible says that uh, because he had a foreknowledge, and I told you last week, a foreknowledge is a, a, a term of intimacy. It is for love. So he loved me. He loved me before he knew me. Let me try that one more. He loved me before he knew me. And I told you, uh, mothers know this because if you're carrying a child, you love the child even before you ever get to know the child. So it's for love, it's for knowledge, it's an intimacy. But then he also says he predestined. Now predestined and foreknowledge are different. And that's the, the thing that we really want to talk about today is that they're not the same thing, even though we think that being predestined is because of God's foreknowledge. God knows who he will save. You choose to be saved. Okay, let's try it again. God knows who's going to be saved. How does he know that? Because he sent Jesus to die for all of us. Okay, you didn't respond to that like I thought you would. Listen to me. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. When Jesus died on the cross, he did not die for people that God knew he would love. He just loved all his people and he sent Jesus to die for them. So the Bible said that even when Jesus died on the cross, there was a choice to be made. And the choice was, would you love him back? Are y'all still with me here? So the Bible says that when Jesus, uh, uh, when God created the earth, he foreknew that he was going to send Jesus. 
That was his foreknowledge. I know I have to do something to save these people. Amen. But then foreknowledge, come on, stay with me because this is where it gets tricky now. Foreknowledge is limited by predestination. So you're predestined to be saved, but you have to choose to be saved. Whew. Understand something. God gives you the provision, everybody, to go through the whole stage to become glorified, to be like Christ. But everybody has to make the individual choice. Now, hold on, because I want you to see this. God called us as a group. In other words, he said, my people, you would be my people. But in order for you to be my people, then I have to be your father and I can become your father because you chose me through the process of adoption. But you have the right not to choose me. That's what God said. Y'all still with me? So, 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 because people ask all the time, well, if Jesus died for everybody, how come everybody ain't saved? Hmm? It's like uh, we have this big field out here, right? If we put a fence around the field and lock the gate, and then one day we said, on one Sunday morning, we said, okay. The gates are open and anybody who wants to come in can come in. Well, hold on. You don't know what you're going into. You don't know what's required of you. You don't know who's going to be there in the defense that you don't like. So now you have to make a choice. We have pre- destined the gate to be open on Sunday morning. You have God's foreknowledge that the gate is there and open and you can enter in, but you still have to make the choice. Which begs the question, <laughs> if I can go in, can I go out? Hallelujah. If I can go in. How... All right. Now this... <laughs> I don't usually get off this early in a message, but I'm going to be off for just a minute. Because there are two schools of thought. And I want you to know what both of them are. There's one school of thought uh, that is eternal salvation. Y'all heard that before? If you are eternally saved, that means you are saved for all eternity. And then there's another school of thought that you are saved as long as you stay in Christ. But you can cease to believe. 
Now, Pastor, which one is right? You don't know. <laughs> uh, let's do a little experiment. Can I teach some of this before? <laughs> all right, let me tell you something before I go off, okay? Because I want to get, make sure you get all of these notes. I need you to, to understand what this chain, this golden chain is, and then I'll... I'll go to John in just a moment, okay? Here's what he said. He said those he foreknew or who put his love on, the Bible says he predestined, and predestined says that he puts his limits on, and then he said to be conformed, conformed. In other words, he says that this, this conformity is to be in the likeness of Jesus. So he called us to be Christ-like, amen? But then he said those he called, he, he, uh, he also justify. Now a call, and that's where I get to the point I try to explain this to you. A call is an invitation. He called you. You know how folks say, uh, I used to hear folks say this. I don't hear much nowadays because people scared, but people used to say, I know I've been called. Y'all heard that before, huh? Well, call is an invitation. Just because you were called don't mean you have to accept the call. It's an invitation. You can invite me to your wedding. Doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to show up. I received the invitation. I might even have RSVP. But it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to show up. So just because you're called doesn't mean you're going to be chosen. He said those he called, he justified. What does justified mean? Simplify this and say made righteous by the blood of Jesus. And the Bible says that those he justified, he also glorified. In other words, what he's saying is if you enter into this gate, that you will not only be saved, but you will remain saved until Jesus comes back for you. So if you could imagine then that this, 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 this field, then this gate is uh, the church. It is Jesus' holding pen until he comes back for his people. So they remain in church until he raptures the church. Come <laughs> I tell y'all, you can't be scared. Now this So, so, so when he comes back, he's looking for everybody who would stay in church. What well, does it matter what church? Yeah. Kind of, sort of. Huh? So is it? Never mind. I'm about to get in some, some other, other folk business. Go to John 15. I'm just going to go on there and hey, we're going to have a little teaching, what folk call a teachable moment, and uh, see if there's anything in here that should be told you in these notes. <laughs> I only got four pages of them, and 
Y'all just skip right on past all of them, but that's all right. John chapter 15, John chapter 15. Y'all know exactly what it says, but just give me a moment to enlighten you on some things, okay? John chapter 15, here's what it says. I am the true vine, that, that's Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the vine. He said, and my father is the vine dresser. In other words, he's the gardener. He takes care of the vine. Are y'all with me? He says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Let's talk about that for just a moment first. He says, if you are connected to Christ, in Christ, he said, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, that's not productive. The Bible says that he does what to it? He does what? Takes it away. He takes it away. He takes it away. Now, the answer to your first question, why is it some folks can't stay in church? Because they're not productive. They don't add anything to the kingdom and they disrupt the folk. Okay, can I put it this way? They're goats and they, they disturb the sheep. Always creating problems for the sheep. Keeping them restless and uneasy. Well, what you think about? Well, you, you, you think it's right that we... Well, how come we got to be in church so long? Amen. Goats. Amen. Huh? Are y'all? So the Bible says, okay, now, <laughs> right, let me stop walking so I can just. <laughs> They're probably having a fit there. They're going, what in the world? <laughs> so he says here. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I'm talking to the camera people. <laughs> he says then, in verse 3, he says, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. So here's what he said. He said, now, he's talking to his disciples. Listen to this now. All 11 of them. You're already clean because of the word I spoke to you. Now, we know that if we back up a couple of chapters, you know, Easter time, right? We get to tell all this stuff. Uh, you get to find out that in, in chapter 12 that we find out that Judas, yeah, don't turn there. Just back up when you read, because we got to stay here now, <laughs> that, that Judas was identified as the one that was troubling Jesus. So he said, all 11 of you are clean because of the words that I spoke to you. Okay? You see that? Now look at Malachi. Back up real fast. Uh, Malachi chapter 3. I ain't going to talk about money. Don't, 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 don't get excited. All right. <laughs> Somebody say, what? Uh, Malachi chapter 6. Bible says, for I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O Jacob. It says, yet for 
the days of your father, you have gone away from my ordinances. What does it say? You have gone away. Is that what it says? And have not kept them. Return to me, and I'll return to you, says the Lord. And, and, and of course, I'm going to skip, you know, eight and nine, because y'all get nervous. <laughs> but look at verse 10, which is really strange. I said I was going to skip all of that stuff. I'm going to skip the first half of that. <laughs> and he says this. He says, try me now in this, <laughs> says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour out a blessing uh, for you, that is, pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And he says, I'll rebuke the devourers for your sake uh, so that you will not, uh, so that, he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. This is the fruit that we're talking about producing. So he says, if you remain in Christ, the devourer can't steal your fruitfulness. God, I'm walking again. I'm walking again. He can't, he can't steal your fruitfulness. You'll remain fruitful throughout the whole process. That means that once you are saved, you can, I didn't say will, can remain saved. How do I know that? Look at verse four. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Here we go. So he said, Jesus is the vine. The people that he called you, the church, are the branches, but if the branch disconnects from the vine, huh? Come on now. It says uh, you can't produce anything. Your fruitfulness is, listen, your fruitfulness is contingent upon you remaining connected. Let me look at this. Your fruitfulness is contingent upon you remaining connected. What does that mean? That means that when you get in this big field, Y'all still in the field? Okay, when, you, when you're in this big field, you're going to meet some folk that you don't like. Some folk you don't get along with. There are going to be some cantankerous folk because folk have personalities. But he says, these are all my folk. Huh? And what is he saying? Listen to this now, and I want you to remember this. You have a lifetime to get used to them. Or if I could repeat that about a hundred times. Well, I don't like so. I'm tired of that. I'm leaving. So now you got to start all over again. Because the next place you go is going to be some more cantankerous people. And now you, got, you still got to learn them. So why not deal with the ones you know and shorten the time? Right? Hallelujah. Yeah, that, that, that's good preaching there. So, so the Bible says that if you are disconnected, if you are disconnected, then you cannot bear fruit. And what a minute, wait a minute now. Hold on. If you have fruit and you have disconnected, your fruit can't remain. 
Okay, I'm going to have to talk to the wall for a moment. See, because this is what people talk about when they talk about their churn. You know, well, my churn want to try something different. You know, they've only been in one church, and they should see if there's something different. Because, you know, there might be something better over there across the country, you know. And the truth of the matter. <laughs> now, listen, I'm not one of those people that say, give me that old time religion. But I do say this, it was good enough for me. Somebody say, well, what you trying to say then? I'm trying to say this. This is what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that when I was growing up, we had a foundation. I didn't have to worry about what was going on in Mount Zion because I knew what church was. And you have been in church. And you have been to other churches and you know what church is. You say, mm, no, no, that, that ain't that. Mm, no. Mm -mm. Huh? Why is it that everybody in here doesn't drive the exact same car? Why you reckon that is, folks? Because you have a prescription in your head and you say, I want this, this, this and that. Where did you think that prescription came from? When you decided to choose a church, you didn't choose a church based on what you thought you liked about it. You thought you chose the church based on what church was supposed to be. And you saw what church was like. And you knew what church is supposed to be. Forget people because every church has people in it. That's the only problem with church. But, but <laughs> now, as a, as a pastor, I can tell you that's the only problem I ever have in church. <laughs> but what I am trying to, t trying to t see, th that's why we can't do today's lesson. We got to do this one. I'm trying to tell you that as a, 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 as a pastor, you're always going to have people and people are always going to have opinions about what they like and what they dislike. But there's a foundation or there's a basis for your opinion. And that's the point I'm trying to make. There is a basis for your opinion. So if it's going to be a church, I wanted to have praise and worship because the Bible says so. Huh? I wanted to have a. Uh, uh, a good preacher because, you know, I, I need to hear some truth. Yeah. Huh? I need somebody that walks in the spirit because I need somebody that can pray for me. Yeah. Huh? Huh? I want it to be a church that is thriving. In other words, there are people who are doing stuff outside the four walls. Yeah. People are doing something in the community. Yeah. People are being blessed. I want to hear some testimony because I was raised on testimony. So I want to hear people talk about how the Lord has blessed me. See, I, that's what I was raised on. So I want to hear some of that. Huh? I don't need to hear a lot of talk about money, but I do need to hear something about money. Why is that? Because I don't want to be in the same place with the same old bathroom that don't work. Lighting that's dim. Come on. Dusty buildings. I don't want that. Huh? I don't want to get on the church van and it break down. 
So, so, so there's an element. I know all of these things, but, but it's based on what my experience has been. And again, none of this has anything to do with the people. And yet, the number one reason people choose a church is what? What's wrong with that? That, as folks say, that's just just, just wrong with two left shoes. (laughs) Okay, can I get back to what I was saying? (laughs) So, So the vine, the sun, Bible teaches us, feeds the branches. Huh? And the gardener, who's the father, tends to the branches. All right. Now, the Bible says that when that system is working properly. Then you go from a process of no fruit. What's that? No fruit. Verse two. You go to. Some fruit. From some fruit to more fruit. More fruit. From from more fruit, the Bible says, we go to much fruit. Verse uh, 5. And then the Bible says in verse 16, we go to Fruit that remains. What? Okay, look. All right, now come on. Verse 16 says this You did not choose me, here we go, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go out and bear fruit and that your fruit should what? Do what? We still good. So your fruit should. Wow. So here we go. In verse five. Let me finish. I said, abide in me, I and you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you. Neither can you. Neither can you. Let me ask you a quick question. How long does it take for you to be out of church before you start feeling unsaved? Now, now, now listen, listen. I don't know the answer to that question because it's individual. (laughs) Some of you about a week. Huh? You know the sign that you see on the churches that said seven days without Jesus makes one week. <laughs> and week, what W-E-A-K. And let's say it takes you just I'm just going to. Picking arbitrary enough. Let's say it takes you six months to find another church. Whatever. 
I pity the pastor. <laughs> You've been out of church for six months. Running here and there. Listen to all kinds of stuff. You so confused. You don't know which way is up. And now all of a sudden you can go to your new church and sit down and just be uh, Mr. and Mrs. Wonderful. How many think that's true? Verse five, here we go. That's really uh, verse six is where I'm trying to get to. I'm, I'm <laughs> verse five says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Now, ain't no, no confusion, right? The Bible says he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me, you can do what? Now, let me tell you this. People who stay out of church live on the residuals. What are you talking about? I just can't stop walking, can I? <laughs> uh, the residuals being that, well, you know, we have a lot of storms in this area, right? When a tree blows over, it lays on the ground, dead, but the leaves stay green. The nutrients that are in that tree will still produce until it dries up. When it dries up, then the leaves start to turn brown, and then eventually they fall off. Let's try it one more time. When the nutrients dry up, the leaves turn, leaves turn, and then they fall off. The leaves turn, then they fall off. Now, the problem is, is that... Uh, most of us don't understand how a tree dies. Mm. Let me go back to my old days uh, in, in, in uh, administration 101. Tree always dies from the top down. When the roots no longer support the tree, the sap starts to. In an organization, <laughs> what happens is that when the folks at the bottom of the organization start producing, then eventually the organization will die. You know, that's why it's so critical. Well, I'm off on another subject, but I'm just having a good time. So this is why it's so critical in any organization, especially in church, that you have tight knit leadership. Because if the leaders aren't able to be fed, the tree will die. Okay, I ain't got no business talking about that because that's, that's not, that ain't scriptural, is it? Look at verse 6 and let's see if it is. If anyone does not abide in me, 
he's cast out. One more time. If anyone does not abide, write the word remain so you can understand. Any person who does not remain in Christ is cast out. Okay? Now, look at verse 2 one more time. I'm going to come back to 6 because I really need you to get this lesson. Verse 2 says this, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. He what? He takes away. Okay? Now notice this. He says, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Now what's, he said that if you don't produce, I'm taking you away. If you do produce, I'm going to cut away at you. Now, most, most folk, uh, only one or two of us know about pruning. When you prune, you cut back so that it produces more. There's some, there's some growth that gets out there that's not able to sustain growth per se. It's just purdy. It's just foliage. You had to cut that away so that you can get fruit. I'm right. So. There's some stuff in your life. Oh, I know it's going to get ugly now. There's some stuff in your life that must be cut away if you're going to be able to be fruitful. See, the first thing that you're going to find out is that when you enter to this gate, you come into the fold, so to speak, the first thing that's going to have to change is your understanding of what's right and what's wrong. You can't come in acting like, you know, you all were that in the bag of chips because you are nothing. Huh? The old preacher used to say this way, you're just an old sinner saved by grace. Hmm? So when you come in, that means that I got to cut out your cussing. Hmm? I got to cut out your drinking and smoking. Huh? I got to cut out your running around. Huh? I'm cutting out all the stuff you like, right? <laughs> but all of that stuff that I'm cutting away is the stuff that impedes your growth. It hampers you growing into what Christ called you to be. So it has to be removed. Pruning don't feel good. So it's to cut away stuff that you really have an affection for. It's hard to give up some bad habits. That's why he's got to cut it out. Huh? Most of us, we, we, we try to hold on to our habits in the dark. So we don't 
We don't cuss in front of people. And get this one. And I drink alone. <laughs> and when I'm slipping around, don't nobody know but me and her. Uh, hint, if there are two of y'all, somebody going to tell it. Just... Just, you know, because I know people, people don't believe that. Oh, she would never tell anybody, except the next person she sees. Or he the same way. I, you know, I was over at so-and-so's house yesterday, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> get, come on, back, back, back. <laughs> so he says that he prunes it or he cuts it away so you can grow. Now, most people, here we go again, look for a church, y'all still here, where they can cuss. Where they can drink, smoke, and sleep with the preacher. He didn't just say that. Oh, oh yeah, that, that's a lot of that, why? Because, listen, because we don't want to cut out nothing that's going to make us inconvenienced. But see, real church says, if you're coming up in here, we're going to cut some of it out. And how do we do that? Wait a minute. Now, how do we do that? Are we just ugly people that just tell you, you can't do that. You can't go there. You, you can't say that. You can't drink that. You can't smoke that. Do we do that? No. We just live pure. And you know what happens to you? You start to talk about us. Well, them people. No, not them. Them, them people. They don't want you to do nothing. Oh, they think they better than everybody else. And then this new word, I love the word that you, this is only in our culture, but it's, it's a good word. I can't spell it, but I know what it means. They all hasidity. Y'all know what it means. Now, again, I can't spell it. I did go to public school, so that was not part of our vocabulary test. Hasa did it. I don't know if that's H-I-H-Y. <laughs> Knowing us is H hyphen something. <laughs> Ampersand. <laughs> now, here's what it says. Okay, God, let me finish this. Let me finish this. It says, verse 6, come on. It says, if anyone does not abide in me, does not remain in me, 
He is cast out. He is cast out. Now notice something. Here's what I want to show you. In verse 2, the Bible says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, capital H. You see that? But in verse 6, it says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch. In other words, the Bible says, now to answer the question that we started with, once saved, always saved. You cannot be saved if you're not connected to the Savior. And the he in verse 6 is you, which means you remove yourself because the pruning was too hard. The requirement to stay connected was too difficult. So you backed away. Y'all still with me? So it says that he cast out. He's ca he is cast out as a branch and is withered. Cast out first. In other words, when a person is unhappy about the restraints that church puts on them, they pull away from church. When they pull away from church, the Bible says they began to wither. Back to the tree. They began to what? Wither. They start to dry up spiritually. Now, how do you know when your friends have dried up spiritually? Uh-huh. See, let me tell you something. Don't, don't, don't get fooled. People think that folk are dried up when they go back to their bad habits. Ah, mm -mm. People are dried up when they have a scripture for everything. If I'm backslidden, I'm never going to let you know that. So I'm going to just be quoting scripture all randomly. Huh? Jesus said, if you take two steps, I'll take one. It's like the bumper sticker you see on people's car. Jesus is my co-pilot. What an... He Jesus, but you gonna drive. I ain't riding with you. No, folks, folks, they, when you see him, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Well, how you doing? Oh, glory to God, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Well, well, I hadn't seen you late. Oh, the Lord is just doing marvelous things. He's working on me. Girl, you just don't know what he's done in my life. They dried up. They dried up. The truth is what they should say. You say, well, how you doing? I ain't seen you late. I, I, back, I backslid. Yeah, I ain't been to church in six months. I'm mad with all the Christians, especially with the pastors. Always telling me what I couldn't do, where I can't go. I'm grown. I can do what I want to do. Amen. 
Y'all think I saw this on a TV show somewhere, right? No, listen, every, every, every person that is disconnected talks the same way. Huh? <laughs> they are starting to weaken. And why is that? Because they're only living on the residual. They remember what they used to say in church. So they say it to you. Amen. I, I, I used to tell my wife all the time, I get so tired of people preaching to me. Every store, you know, every restaurant, they want to preach to me, which tells me they live in residual. Because I know that the word is an ever-preceding word. And if you you telling me what happened last year, I realize that you ain't been to church in a while. Amen. Mm. <laughs> so the Bible goes on to say, let me finish this. I'm, I'm just about, how much time I got? I can't tell what I, what? I'm over. How'd that happen? What did y'all do? Okay, okay. It's a good thing we didn't do the lesson we supposed to, but we'd have been here all day, wouldn't we? <laughs> all right, verse six, let's finish up. Let me say, he says, uh, <laughs> he says, and they gather them, they gather, gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Now, oh, God, I, I ain't got no time. Listen, most people believe this is hell. It's not. Remember that the Bible says that, uh, and, and one of the letters to the Corinthians, that your work can actually be burned up. And you can be saved. And what does that mean? That means that there is always an opportunity for you to come back. Huh? I always tell y'all over and over again, I say, they'll be back. They'll be back. I know y'all think I'm talking about coming back to Disney. No, I mean, they'll be back. Now, how do I know they'll be back? Because I gave them a foundation. They didn't like it. They'll be back. They'll be back in Christ somewhere because they don't have a choice. But don't think, and this is, I'm going to just close with this because I'm out of time. But don't think that they can continue with what they have done because that work is burned up. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you were, the, if you were the, the evangelist or the preacher or whatever, and you stepped away, you think you can step right back and start? No, 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 no. You got to start from scratch because that work is burned up. Well, I don't say that. I said somebody might let you preach, but it ain't going to be me. <laughs> Amen. All right, I got to quit. Stand up on your feet. I'll finish this at some point in time. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Well, Pastor, what you preach about today? 
I'm going to give you another one of those good, good community words. I don't know. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Here's the key. Remain. Abide. Remain and abide. Now, if you were to make it a mathematical formula, remaining plus abiding equals salvation. You stay saved when you can remain and you can abide. If you can remain, if you can remain, if you can stay, if you can stick it out, the Bible says you get back to what we started with, the golden chain. <laughs> that would seem like so long ago. But the Bible says that we go from the foreknowledge of God, which means God said to Moses in Exodus chapter 19, he says that I am calling a special people unto myself. Those people, he said, would be his. So he has already predestined that there would be people who called him father, who would choose to love him back with the same love he chose to love them with when he saved them through Christ. And when you return that love, he says that if you were to abide in his son, that you would go from foreknowledge predestination all the way to glorification. If you want to be like Christ, you must abide and remain. You must abide and remain. You can dislike, but you can't disconnect. You understand? cannot disconnect. Everything that God requires of you, you must continue to do it. How long? Till Jesus comes back. Amen? Amen. Let's pray, Father. I thank you for this people that you call by your name, that shed your son's blood, Jesus, that they may be saved. God, we know that your word says that because of that one act, that sacrifice of Christ, these people have been called to remain. Therefore, they are standing firm in you, believing, hoping, hoping with the hope of God that this thing will be fulfilled in them. Why do we know that? Because you said you caused everything to work together for our good because we are those who are called and those who love you. So we love you because you have loved us with an everlasting love. Therefore, God, we will remain in you. God, right now, I seal that word in every person under the sound of my voice. No matter where you are today, what you're doing today, this word can reach you wherever you are. And it's my prayer that you would return to Christ 
because he's waiting to return to you that your fruit may remain. So God, I thank you for it. I praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.